It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Sports fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Big welcome into the program. Lucas Moore here, as the big man said. Troy Bolin joining me in studio. Short show today. The Reds kick off another series. They're 53 and 58, five and a half games out of the wild card. Troy and I will dive into the Cincinnati Reds, preview their game a little bit tonight, and discuss whether there's a realistic shot that they can compete for a playoff spot over the final. Two months of the season. I thought we were doing all Reds today, man. They are red hot. Yeah, red hot Reds. They are red hot Reds. When's but, the last time they lost the series? Uh, what was it? Four weeks ago? No. Four series ago. So like two weeks ago. A little more than that. To the Cardinals. They lost two or three of the Cardinals back on July 17th. So yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'm deeper in August. Two, but three weeks. No, no. It's it's pretty early in August. It feels like it should be deeper. I know. It does. You're right. But it was back on 17th to the 19th they lost to the Cardinals. That was the last series they lost. But high school football is off and running. That's a good point. And in terms of practicing anyways, they are off and running in the high school football programs. Anybody that plays or coaches high school football, they are locked in. They are ready to go. They are... Already getting a lot of things installed, um, and, and they're starting to talk about week one quite a bit, and we're getting closer and closer. A lot more teams will be hitting next week. There will be scrimmages that we'll be able to go to um, literally about seven days from now on the 13th. I know I'm going to one. I believe Trimble plays Chesapeake on the 13th, so we're getting really close to scrimmage season. We're getting really close to, to the games, to, to teams actually being on the field, having their product. And Tyler Corbett and I, we went to Makes Practice last night, had an opportunity to talk with Coach David Tennant and a couple of the players. And then today I had an opportunity to go out to Boston Field uh, to watch a little bit of Nelson York's practice and talk uh, to Rusty Richards, Keegan Wilbert, and Mikey Seal, which those are the big three um, for the Nelson York Buckeyes. So we want to make it all high school today, but I want to start by playing the conversation I was able to have with new head coach for the Megs Marauders, David Tennant, replacing Mike Bartram. Here is what David Tennant had to say. All right, we're here with Coach David Tennant, uh, new head coach for the Megs Marauders. Coach, new role, new system, new hat. Everything's new for you. How does it feel? It's very exciting. I'm in a great situation. Big reason for that great situation is your sophomore quarterback, Coulter Cleland. Extremely talented a guy who was the leader in the conference last year in passing yardage. What have you seen from Coulter, and how do you feel about his upcoming season? Well, he's picking up the offense really well, you know, and he's showing those leadership qualities you need. And, uh, you know, you watch film on him, you know the sky's the limit for him. But he still still has room to develop. And that's why, you know, I put a great staff around him, people who can build him up and uh, teach him a few things and see what he can do. If if there was one part of his game that you really think if he took a step there this season from last season what you saw on tape he can make that jump as a quarterback if there's just one aspect of his game what would you say that aspect is well he's very young you know what I mean so once he gets that confidence that he can make every throw that he can make every play and that you know 
he can run this offense front to back. I think this honestly, he the potential's there. It's gonna be special. How about your team expectations? What are you feeling this year? Well, like I say, right now we haven't even seen him hit yet. But we always have high expectations. We always have high hopes, high goals. And uh but right now, and I've always been this way, we focus on week one. You know, Gal Pliss is our, you know, that's our target. And they're a phenomenal football team. And we know that we have to be ready for them because they're going to be ready for us. And I really wish that we could look into David Tennant's eyes while we played that interview when he was talking about Coulter Cleland Troy. Because when he said the word special, he means that. And, and he's, he thinks that Coulter can play at the next level, and he's starting to develop physically that way. He looks a little stronger. He looks even more athletic. Um, I had a chance to talk to Coulter. I like his demeanor. I like his attitude about things. He seems to be picking up the offense well. He seems to be respected among his teammates. He seems to be that classic quarterback leader, and he's got the arm talent to boot, and he sees private quarterback coaches. He's in love with the position. I think he's on track to be and will end up being one of the better quarterbacks we've seen in the TVC Ohio. It's just about what type of weapons will the Megs Marauders have around him this year. Yeah, it's more about that, too. Um, kid can be really good. He can be great. But I really liked what the coach said about not even putting pads on yet, not knowing what he has. You're really only as good as the guys up front, too. Not, it's not just your weapons. Uh, how Megs can fare in the trenches, what kind of size they have, what kind of strength they have. Uh, what kind of tenacity they have, able to block and things like that. Because uh, Coulter's going to have to have time to throw the ball, right? Uh, he's going to guy, he's gonna have to have guys to throw to uh, that can catch the ball. So football is a, it's just such a team sport. Uh, you can be a really good football player. I have witnessed so many really good football players on bad teams, and people just have forgotten about him because they didn't put up the big stats or they didn't win this thing or win this type of game because the team around them, wasn't able to to perform up to par. So the big thing with me with Coulter and Megs is to see what else he has with him, and uh, I really won't know that until I I really don't think I'll know it after week one because Galpless is a real tough challenge for him. I mean they're going to be pretty darn good. Coach Penrod's really got them ready to go. I think it's a step up in class for Megs at this point. Uh, but once I get into week two and three, I'll probably have a better idea of what the Marauders are. And I, I think that we'll have an opportunity to see them in one scrimmage. But the one thing that's different, at least what all the players felt like, what they kind of repeated in a few interviews, some kind of nodded when you suggested it, was that it's just a simpler system under David Tennant. David Tennant was born to be a high school football coach. That's a quote we got from one of the kids. He is born to teach you the basic fundamentals, hammer those fundamentals home, teach physicality and passion on the football field. That's all he wants to teach. And he said as much to us. It's simplicity, it's physicality, it's passion for the game. It's playing as a family, playing together. And that is a contrast. That is a difference to what Mike Bartram brought to the program, which was a lot of knowledge, a lot of NFL knowledge. Maybe he tried to implement too much of said NFL knowledge, said NFL drills, said NFL schemes um, within his system. And I think the staff for David Tennant is a little more well-rounded out, is a little deeper. If you go look through Mike Bartram's staff last year, one, it was thin, and two, there weren't a lot of experienced guys throughout that staff. David Tennant's staff has more experience, is more well-rounded. David Tennant is just focusing on the line play, letting his coaches handle everything else, and he emphasized how much he values the staff he's been able to put around. 
So whether David Tennant or Mike Bartram, which one's a better football coach, that might not matter. It might be all these tertiary things, the simplicity of the system, uh, the emphasis of the very fundamentals of high school football, along with a really passionate, dedicated, and filled-out staff. I think those improvements in the margins could really help Megs this year at the skill positions, in the trenches especially, and help them avoid those major mistakes that they've had over the past four or five years that they always seem to have. There's always one or two plays every game where you go, man, what 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 happened there? That was a real feel like a miscommunication, a misstep. And if they can eliminate that, they might be able to pick up one or two more wins this season. And with a quarterback like Coulter, those are all good signs. You'll never hear me fault a guy uh, that talks like that, that coaches like that. Um, I'm always, uh, I always admire guys that, that do the, do things that way. Um, and it happens on the basketball tor- court too. I mean, that's how, how I called well coaches his basketball players. There's one little downfall to it. And, um, you know, I like what you said about Bartram. I think he was just too extreme one way, but when I hear that kind of verbiage coming out of, of coach Tennant or what you're saying, it, it lends to me as, um, very simplicity could also mean a very simplistic offense and a very, very old kind of traditional running style offense, which is not going to lend itself to a quarterback happy position. Well, he said he wanted to lean on the run game. And if Coulter can handle it, open it up. So it's kind of it's kind of all relying on what Coulter can do. That's the feeling I got, that it's all about what Coulter Cleland is capable of this season. Yeah, and I tell you, I, there's been there were some really great quarterbacks, or could have been great quarterbacks at Nelsonville York that played under Dave Boston. They never threw for any more than three or four hundred yards in a season because that's not what his football team was about. And they had great success. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing; it's a great thing. Many teams that win state championships don't throw the ball that much. In fact, more of them don't. Uh, your Kirtland type teams they they run single wings and things like that. Not single wings, but you get my drift. It's just a lot. Of, it's a run oriented offense. It's very simplistic, very fundamentally based. But what it does do is it takes um, – if you have a star like Coulter Cleland, Cleland he's, not going to, he's not going to have a lot of pass attempts. He's not going to have a lot of completions, which means he's not going to have a lot of yards. And, you know, you're a stat-driven guy. You know, you're talking about stats this, stats that. I mean, that's, that's the only little drawback I can see from it, uh, if that's what they're going to play – if that's what they plan on doing at Megs. Um, personally, in today's football, I, you know, I'm definitely – I definitely really like what Coach White does at Athens in his passing game. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's completely different. I mean, it's just it's a world of difference between some of the other simplistic offenses that we see. I, I hate it that you you have watched Coach Ferris in, in his offense because Coach Ferris doesn't always run that. Uh, I watched the team when he had AJ Jenkins. I kid you not, he threw it like twenty five times a game. So Coach Ferris is one of those guys that actually adapts to his players. A lot of coaches don't do that, which is why I really think he's one of the best coaches that I've actually been around. and uh, But some coaches don't. They're very stubborn. You, they, if, if Coach Tennant, he could be the type of guy that if he had Joe Burrow, he still would only throw the ball 14 times a game at most. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll see how much he opens it up for Coulter. I expect them to throw because that is a strength of their team. Although I like Abe Lundy. He looks huge. Absolutely huge, Abe Lundy. Uh, I mean, just ginormous. Uh, he's a big cat. Um, he'll be running over some people for the Megs Marauders. A really interesting comparison point is the star players, and that's going to shift us to Nelson York camp, where I had an opportunity to sit down, well, stand up, uh, with Keegan Wilburn, the star running back slash wide receiver, the future Ohio commit um, for the 
Nelson York Buckeyes. He's one of the senior captains, the senior leaders on this team, and I had an opportunity to, to talk to Keegan today at Nelson York practice. Here's what he had to say. Keegan, just saw you guys practice a little bit. You guys did some sprints. How much, in terms of conditioning, do you feel like this team is more prepared this year than last year? You know, last year we went in and first quarter we were gas going into week one, and I think that continued. That was a reoccurring theme throughout weeks one through ten. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can add a week 11 on there with, um, you know, being more in shape, being more conditioned. We're just working a lot harder across the board. And in terms of hard work, what have you done individually for this upcoming season? I've just kept my focus, you know, since since we went out, uh, I really just told myself and really just trying to reiterate it to the team that we need to be a lot better than we were last year. That's not how this program has been for a long, long time. So um, I don't want to be the group that, you know, gets that reputation. And uh, I think that we're, like I said, a lot more prepared and uh, we're, I think we're ready to go. How do you feel about your quarterback? Great. Um, a lot, a lot better this year. Uh, last year, you know, getting get under center for the first time. That's that's a tough task to do. Um, like I, I remember playing my f- first couple snaps, and it's scary. You don't have that, you don't have that swagger to you when you get out on the field. But I really think we have it this year. You know, uh, probably put on thirty five pounds, and he's looking good. All right, week one, the game against Trimble. If you could say just a couple sentences about what this rivalry means to you, what would you say? I'm taking it personal. And that rivalry is usually personal um, between Nelsonville York and Trimble, Keegan Wilburn, that entire team. I'm telling you, they are really focused on week one. They're really focused on that matchup with Trimble, as I imagine the folks on the other side of the hill are extremely focused on the week one matchup with Nelsonville York. It's one of the best rivalries in our county, arguably the best. Uh, Troy, and it's a matchup we get to see early in the season week one. And now they're sitting in the same playoff division, too. So... I like to see the passion on both sides of this rivalry, and it just gets me real juiced for Week One. Yeah, Division Six, and it's it's going to be a really big game, and it's kind of interesting that it's it's Week One because it's it's just so passionate and so 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 feisty. And um, I've, I've made the argument I wish it was kind of later in the season, to be honest with you, but it's not. It's kind of a treat for us, right? Because you, you just kind of like want to ease into the season, but you don't. It's it smacks you right in the face on Saturday night with one of the best games I think we're going to see all year. And, uh, you know, I, I know Keegan's taking it personal, but they all take it personal. That's yeah. the key to it. The, everybody, you could ask any kid on Trimble, and they have the same exact feeling. So you really just can't take Keegan's words and think, well, that's going to be the difference. He's taking it personal. That's going to put Nelson on the edge. That's not the case. They all think that way. And they all play with 110% all the time. The entire game, they go at it as hard as they can. So it makes it a great football game. And I think Mikey Seal is going to be the difference for both Nelson, New York, and in that first game. Uh, Mikey Seal struggled a lot uh, against that Trimble defense last year, which is a fair team to struggle against. But you take a look at Mikey Seal's TVC Ohio stats heading into the Athens game. They're actually pretty good Uh, all across the board. He had a pretty high passer rating in the TVC Ohio. He can succeed against the bottom half of this conference. It's just how is he going to do against the really good teams? He looked big. He looked athletic. He looked like he's been working out. He's been focusing. The relationship between him and Keegan Wilburn Troy has much improved from junior to senior year. They seem much closer. They seem tighter. They seem like that that quarterback receiver, quarterback runner relationship is going to operate a little more smoothly. But the biggest thing I took away from Nelson York practice is they all got taller, right? 18 to 22 returners, and it felt like everybody got a couple inches. 
and it felt like a lot of sophomores moving into juniors grew a bunch. And they've got a pretty big freshman, Shaquem Williams' little brother. He might be a guy that contributes. He was the biggest guy walking around out there. So Nelson York has that size. They look like a football program that wins games in this area. And it's good for them to look like that again this year. And if all the stories are true, all the hype is true about conditioning, they did get a little bit bigger. They're, they're really focused. I think Nelson York has a chance to be really, really good this year. And I think week one... I think Trimble's still the favorite. I, 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 it's hard for me not to make Trimble the favorite in that game with all they have coming back. But Nelson York, they want to at least put a challenge to the rival in that Week 1 game, and they really do think they have an opportunity to win it. Yeah, I, I hope they do think that way. That's going to make it great, and I think they, they will play better, much better than they did a year ago in that matchup. It worries me a little bit where the game's being played. I think I, I, think I would feel a little bit better about Nelson York if it was over at Dave Boston Field. Uh, playing at the Stye Week One is just brutal, and in uh, last year's game, if you go back and watch it, they played it on Channel Fifteen a few times. They got whipped in the trenches. Uh, the, the Trimble line just absolutely dominated them, Lucas, and their kids are back too. And oh yeah, their kids have gotten stronger. Yes, I uh, watched. Uh, luckily, I've got friends that they like to post videos of their kids that are doing those workouts, and they just been doing crazy workouts for weeks. They, they'll show videos of it. They're in the weight room. They're doing these, they were on a beach one day, and I don't know where the heck they were. These guys are going at it, man. They're going at it hard. So Nelson New York's gotten bigger and improved. Trimble's gotten better and improved. Nelson New York's going to have to improve a lot from what I watched last year because it's essentially the same guys. The same guys are going to be going head-to-head here in about four weeks as we just watched last year. There's really not much difference. Uh, but I, I think the guy... Well, Mikey Seal could be that big difference. Yeah, yeah Mikey could be that, that big that, jump. Well, not after getting beat up front. It's not, it's not going to do much if he's on his back. But um, Keegan's obviously just the key player we talk about all the time. But I swear, I don't. I, we do not talk about number 10 enough for Trimble. This kid is unbelievable. Kind of right. He is an absolute... Have you seen the pictures of him lately? Yeah. You want to talk like about a, a kid that's gotten bigger... Well, like go look train. at number ten here in a little bit when you go out to their practices, Lucas. You're gonna just you're gonna your, your jaw's gonna drop. Well, it's just it's hard for us, I think, to really talk about Trimble this early. Um, one, I haven't had a chance to go out to their practice. That is on the schedule. That is on the docket. We will break down the Tomcats. We will talk to Coach Ferris, and it's all going to get really exciting once we get closer to Week One. But the reason like Nelson of York feels more intriguing, Megs feels more intriguing, Athens feels more intriguing, is because there's so many question marks. What question mark do we have for Trimble other than Week One? Until week 11. I mean, almost none. There is almost no way the Trimble Tomcats don't win the TVC Hawking. I'd put it at 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
I got a text today. I talked a lot of football, different guys throughout the day, almost every day, and they're actually a little bit worried about their depth at Trimble. Uh, their ones are great. This is the text they got. Twos are still developing. So you get into second half, Lucas. There are going to be games where Belbury might score a touchdown or two, maybe even three in the fourth quarter. Same with Eastern. You see what I'm saying? Waterford could sneak a touchdown late. They're going to give up points. They're not, they're not going to go into games. It, but they didn't give up points last year in the conference. Barely. Different animal. Uh, different different season. I don't know. Uh, they had the seniors last year plus these juniors. I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But Coach Ferris is going to call the dogs off. Connor Wright's got six touchdowns at halftime. He's not going to put it on him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they, the, I think the, the hawking just didn't get better anywhere else. And I think that could be a big contributing factor to it. Um, I think the biggest factor on scoring is how what leads are, are obtained in the first half is where your scoring is. What you should really look at is will they give up a point in before halftime? That would be a good bet because that might actually happen. Yeah. And even last year, like Nelson York got a, got a touchdown from five yards out um, because of a fumble or an interception, one of the two, a turnover. And Cincinnati Christian got 21 points. One was a legitimate drive. One was a fumble ruski, and one was some other fluke play uh, that happened in that game. And that was it. And that was it. I don't think they gave up a point in the hockey. I uh, Did they give up a point in the hockey I last year? I can't remember. can't remember. We'll check that during the break, and we'll tell you on the other side whether Trimble gave up a point in the hockey last year. We can't remember off the top of our heads. That'll be a quick Google search. But on the other side, we'll talk about those Cincinnati Reds leading up to their game. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740 Six nine eight thirty five twenty one for a free estimate. Have you ever thought about having a podiatric physician examine your feet? Doctors of podiatric medicine set broken bones, perform wound care, and remove bunions. Common health issues that they treat include ingrown or fungal nails, corns, warts, and skin problems like athlete's foot. Foot exams are easy and can prevent many foot problems. If you can't walk, work, or enjoy sports activities without pain, what are you waiting for? To find a podiatric physician who is a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Experienced truck drivers, are you looking for a better work-life balance? At Schneider, the options are endless because you can choose from 38 types of driving jobs, from regional to local, from OTR to intermodal, from dedicated to LTL and more. Personalize your driving career to fit your lifestyle. Along with all of the different types of driving jobs, you can also pick from over 50 different dedicated accounts. Learn more about all of the options for drivers and then you decide. Find it all at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. This is the place to fill your gas tank just before you head to or off Route 33. This is the hot spot to fill your bellies with delicious cold cut sandwiches and tantalize your taste buds with hot and tasty 6-inch or foot-long subs. This is the super spot which offers drive through service of pop, chips, candy, beer, water, and much more. This is the best-kept secret in Athens County. Until now, this is City Limits Valero. Visit them at 235 Columbus Road in Athens, open seven days a week. And remember, why just drive by? When you can drive through. Current televisions being built today have a mean time to failure of one to three years. The the manufacturers have no want to maintain anymore. 
So they're looking at selling, not maintaining. They only make money when they sell new. And the new is going cheaper and cheaper. The advertised cheap price uh, is what everybody bites on. People will buy the new because that's what's there. That's what they want. They want the newest that they can get usually. But if you have a television repaired in today's world, normally that TV will buy you more time than a new replacement. They can be repaired for half or less of that replacement, then that makes it worth it. I'm Dave Russell. I own TV Supply Company. I'm at 136 Columbus Road. Stop in with your repair needs. Anything that's electronic. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. So we looked it up. It is 12 points surrendered last year in the TVC Hawking by the Trimble Tomcats. All 12 of those points were to the Waterford Wildcats, who lost their all-time leading rusher in Braden Belleville heading into this season. And Eastern might be the only team that really made a big improvement, Troy. Um, I've been hearing some rumblings about Belpre a little bit. I'm not saying Belpre's going to be good. I'm just saying they actually might be better than we think. Got a pretty good coach, too. So let's just let's hold our breath on Belpre because it's one of the teams we don't know a lot about yet. Yeah. and uh, But I really do think that Trimble, it's it's about 100% that they'll win the Hawking. Um, way different. And it's really interesting, Troy, because you were here when Trimble had a dominant streak through the Hawking like, what was it, 30-something-plus wins in a row they had for a while there in TVC Hawking play. And that streak came to an end my first year here. Waterford won the conference my first two years here. Um, so it was really interesting. I kind of came in the, that little, the tiny little space where Trimble didn't dominate that side of the conference, but now they're right back to that domination, and they're going to be rolling through this conference um, for this year especially and probably the next couple of years the Reds, they're rolling closer and closer to a playoff spot. They will finish up a series against the Los Angeles Angels today. Anthony DiSclefani on the mound tonight. That will kick off on our airwaves at 640. First pitch at 710. And the Reds, 53-58, and 58, Troy. Seven and a half back in the division. You checked ah, the wild card. I thought you said five and a half a minute ago. Seven and a half in the division, five and a half ah, in the wild card. Okay, sorry. The teams they have to pass in the division would be the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. Uh, the Brewers are 58-56. and 56, Cardinals are 58-53. and 53, Cubs are 10 games above 500 at 61-51. and 51. The teams they need to pass to get to the second wild card spot, San Francisco, Arizona, New York Mets, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Washington is the team in the second wild card spot. And they have games against the Nationals, the Cardinals, the Brewers coming up. So that's the hottest team in baseball. That's the one I'm worried about catching. I don't like that. I'd rather win the division. Well, the Mets have the most wins since yeah, the All Star break. They're nine and one in their last ten. They're pretty good. They're not. I'd say they're pretty good. Their pitching staff. When they made that trade for the pitcher, everybody said, "What are you doing?" Now they got a staff of four guys that could literally beat you. In a, in a, they could sweep you in a four game series on pitching alone. But the Reds are. Seven and three in their last ten. I mean, yeah. you can make an argument that they've been one of the better performing teams in baseball. And Max McDoula made this point. Uh, he said, and what him and I have been saying all season, Troy, is that to win, to make a playoff series, when you're one of the teams within the 80% of Major League Baseball, so you have the bottom 10%, you have the top 10%. The bottom 10% is going to lose so many series that it doesn't matter what type of streaks they put together. They're also going to have a, probably a 10-game losing streak in there because they are so poor. 
those 10%, it really doesn't matter what they can put together, what their schedule looks like. They are that bad. Then you have the upper 10% where they're going to win. This this is teams like the Dodgers, the Astros. I think the Cubs fit in this list, the Yankees, where they are just going to win so many series from raw talent that it really won't matter if they put together a 10, a 15-game stretch. The other 80% of teams in baseball usually fit within a bucket to where they're 500 most of the time. They're 5-5 five and five after most 10-game stretches. Then they'll go 3-7, and seven, then 7-3, seven and three, then 4-6, and six, and 6-4. Six and four. And it kind of ebbs and flows throughout the season. The teams that make the wild card, the teams that sneak into the bad divisions and win them from that pot of teams, that 80% of Major League Baseball, are the teams that go on winning streaks. You have to gain momentum. You have to have a 5-15 to 15 game. 5 is probably on the, the minimum. You probably need an 8-15 to 15 game stretch of baseball where you win 90% of your games, where you go. Eight straight wins, 10 straight wins. You go 10 and 1. You remember the Reds in 2010? They won 10 straight games. They shaved Marty Brenneman's head. There's all those memories of a winning streak. The Reds have not had that streak this year, and there's one opportunity left for it August 12th through the 29th. They have 17 games against the Nationals ahead of them in the wild card race, the Cardinals ahead of them in the wild card race, the Padres, a team at the bottom of the standings, the Pirates, a team at the bottom of the standings, the Marlins, a team at the bottom of the standings. And that 17-game stretch is winnable for the Reds. They have a couple teams in front of them. If they can have a really good stretch over those 17 games, then they'll be in the playoff picture. If they don't, then you can forget about this team making the playoffs. I said something similar to this near the All-Star break, but that was about them getting into the race. They kind of stayed afloat. The division was worse than we thought, so they've been able to stay within the division race. They've been able to hold on, and that holding them on has gave them an important stretch here in the month of August, which I find exciting. Yeah, it's been um, <laughs> just the fact that we're talking about him being relevant. It's great. Been sitting in this room for five years, complaining and crying and yelling. Uh, so yeah, just I, I'm I'm happy that they're seven and a half back. They're enjoyable to watch. Cracks me up. You dressed that whole thing up with eighties and twenties and tens. You could have just said, "Get hot down the stretch." That applies for every sport there is. Lucas, baseball, basketball, football. Go on a winning streak at the end of the year, sneak in the playoffs, be a hot team, have success. Uh, so yeah, just get hot down the stretch. Uh, it's a key to any sport. Any any uh, th- doesn't matter if you're baseball, football, it doesn't matter. So that's basically the key for the Reds. Seven and three is kind of like saying that they're getting hot. They got a good chance tonight. Should I jinx them? Should I say it? I kind of I've already bet on them tonight. <laughs> I just I ruined it. Jacked, Darn it! Well, what happened? What Max is saying is if they split the next six games. Um, and he sent me this, I believe, a couple days ago. So I believe if they, they've already won one of those games in the next six. So if they split the next six and then go 13-4 and four over that 17-game stretch, which could you see that team doing it against the Nationals, Cardinals, Padres, Pirates, and Marlins going 13-4? and four? Well, It is the Reds, and it is baseball, so I would never... You would, but I could see it, sure. Definitely could see yeah. it. They're talented enough to do it, right? They would be 68-64. and 68-64, 64. 68 and 64, Troy. That's in a playoff spot. Yeah, that's good. I, we need Bauer to be better in his second appearance. I know that. Sonny Gray's been really, really good. <laughs> Luis Castillo's just awesome. Dominant. So if you get Castillo, Gray, then Bauer going, heck yeah, they could do that. that what they really need is kind of Disco to, to, to step it up tonight. They need DiSclefani, man, to step up his game. Give us that you know four-guy four punch. And Alex Wood, if Alex, actually Alex Wood pitched pretty well his last time out. I would, I would just take Disco and put him in the bullpen. Let's go four-man rotation, Wood, Gray, Bauer. Castillo, and let's just roll with it. 
That's a pretty good rotation. And we need reliever help anyway. See if this go can, can be a reliever. I probably wouldn't pull that move off till September if you were in the race. Yeah, I know. Really it's a little early for it. I think Disco's a good pitcher, though. And I think there's some good he can't, guys. He's got stuff. He just He's very inconsistent. Yeah, but it being the fact that he's the fifth starter instead of God knows who oh, yeah, over yeah. the past five years. Sure. I mean, Di Sclafani was an argument for being the opening day starter last year. So this is how far the the roster has come. I do like this good though. I watched him pitch twice because every time I went to the Reds game, he was pitching. I really liked him. I thought he had good stuff, but then you know he had some injury issues and things like that. I don't think he's really been the same player that I actually watched down at Great American Ballpark. But I, I really did like his stuff. So yeah, fifth starter, he is. He's pretty good. I just I just like those other four guys a little bit better right now. Well, the next series is against the Cubs, Troy, and that's a big one. Ooh, when does uh, that for start? The Reds. It's a four-game set. It starts on oh, Thursday. Man, so have, that is huge. They have an off day tomorrow, and then a four-game set against the Cubs, and then that stretch Max was talking about starts against the Nationals. And we're setting it up perfectly because Di pitching tonight. That means we're going to have all of our big guns ready to go, right? It should be the four guys I just mentioned. You have it, you've got Di going tonight. You've got an off night. You're setting up your rotation to be... The four guys. Alex Wood will be on Thursday. On Friday will be Trevor Bauer and so on and so forth. Through the Boom. Rotation. It'll be Luis on Sunday for the sweep? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Luis Castillo on Sunday. Oh, Castillo well, listen, for they, the sweep if, on Sunday. If they sweep the Cubs, they'll be on a seven-game winning streak heading to a series against the underwhelming Nationals, a team that are ahead of them in the playoff race, but a team that they could definitely gain some ground on. I like it. It's going to be a big, big weekend for the Reds. Baseball games are tough to win. Let's see if the Reds can pull it off. Hopefully they can. That would be exciting. I would love that. For Troy Bolin, I'm Lucas Moore. This has been the Sports Fan. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. This is 970 WATH.